Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 102 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. And once again, just wanted to thank everybody who sent in a question for what became a two-part episode, episodes number 100 and 101, which published in each of the last two days. And what we did is we just answered all of your guys' questions in a mailbag, which, again, stretched into two episodes. It was a lot of fun and something that we'll definitely look to do again in the future. So for anyone who sent a question, thank you once again. For anyone who did not send a question, maybe next time. You know, don't be shy. Definitely send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com, or you can message me on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Either way works. Again, it's, it's something we're definitely going to have to do in the future. But for today's episode, what I thought we could do here, and I tweeted about it yesterday. It was actually pretty late at night when I tweeted this. But we're going to take a look at a documentary detailing the Rangers' run to becoming 1994 Stanley Cup champions. Basically, it's an hour-long documentary. I had it on VHS as a kid and must have watched it 100 times. And right now, you can actually find it on YouTube. I did a search for it, was able to track it down. If that didn't work, I think I still have the VHS tape laying around here somewhere, but I'm glad I found it on YouTube because, first of all, I would have to find the tape, which is going to be no easy task right now, and then secondly, I have to find a VCR, which is going to be even harder, and then thirdly, I have to find a TV, which will play a VCR, which, again, no easy task these days. So, once again, glad I found it on YouTube. It looked like somebody basically just ripped it right off of the VHS and just threw it up there on YouTube. So thanks to whoever did that. Who knows? Maybe they're even listening right now. So, hey, if that was you, thank you very much. But yeah, the video, once again, can be found on YouTube. All you have to do is go on YouTube, type in 1994 NYR Stanley Cup Video ABC Video. Again, that is 1994 NYR Stanley Cup Video ABC Video. And again, it's basically just an hour-long look at the Rangers' run to the Stanley Cup Finals in 1994. We're going to get to that in just a second, but first, I wanted to give an update here. It appears that a player on the Ottawa Senators has been diagnosed with the coronavirus, and so obviously a scary situation there, but what I'm going to do is just go ahead and read the statement that was put out by the Senators yesterday. An Ottawa Senators player has tested positive for the COVID-19 virus. The player has had mild symptoms and is in isolation. The Ottawa Senators are in the process of notifying anyone who has had known close contact with the athlete and are working with our team doctors and public health officials. As a result of this positive case, all members of the Ottawa Senators are requested to remain isolated to monitor their health and seek advice from our team medical staff. The health of our players, fans, and community remains our highest priority. We will continue to do everything we can to help ensure our players, staff, fans, and the greater community remain safe and healthy during this time of uncertainty due to the spread of the coronavirus. So yeah, obviously we don't know who the player is, and I don't think there's really any need for us to know who the player is. I don't think it's really any of our business, but it's probably good that the centers kind of put this out there. They were open and honest about it, and obviously, you know, I Probably the best course of action there for whoever this player is is just to self-quarantine and obviously get help if he needs it. And, you know, for the rest of the players, I think they're it looks like they're going to be asked to self-quarantine as well for the time being. So, you know, again, a little bit of a scary situation, and it just kind of shows that this virus 
you know, it doesn't exactly play favorites. You know, anybody is susceptible to it. But once again, I think if we all just stay positive, we exercise common sense, and we basically, for the most part, just just stay indoors and just kind of wait this thing out, then I, I think it'll all work out in the end. And so once again, all the best to this player on the Senators and all the best to anybody else out there who might even be listening to this who may have been affected by the coronavirus. The other thing I want to talk about here at the top of the show is the possibility of the NHL once again restarting the season and ultimately crowning a Stanley Cup champion this season. And it sounds like now even the players are getting involved on it, and the players have actually come up with a proposal to restart the season, and this is how they've laid it out as of now. And, you know, I don't hate it. I I think this actually kind of makes some sense. But the players are looking to open training camp in early July, just to, I assume, get everybody kind of back into the swing of things, allow everybody to get their legs under them, and just get ready to go for a stretch regular season run, and then also the postseason tournament. And so that would happen in early July, and then you finish the regular season 2019-2020 in late July. You start the playoffs in August, and they would obviously run through September because it does take some time to get through you know, four rounds of Stanley Cup playoff action, or maybe even five rounds. I don't know if this includes the 2014 playoff proposal, but that would obviously be a five-round Stanley Cup playoff tournament, which would just be crazy. But whether it's four rounds or five rounds, the postseason would run from August through September. And then in October, you have the draft and free agency. And then in November, you start fresh again. The 2020-2021 season begins in November. So that would not be much of a uh, of a break there because obviously the playoffs wouldn't wrap up until September and then 2020-2021 would begin in November. So these players would only be given one month off, which seems a little bit crazy. But hey, you know, credit to the players for being creative, for getting in on this, for wanting to make their voice heard as far as how they can continue the season if continuing the season becomes a realistic possibility. Again, right now, everything is completely up in the air. There's no way to really know for sure if this is going to be possible or not. But fingers crossed, man, you know, I don't think there's a single hockey fan out there who doesn't want the season to be continued and for a Stanley Cup champion to be crowned. Obviously, you have to exercise caution and it's health and safety first, but I I don't think there's a single hockey fan, even if you're a fan of a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs, I don't know why you wouldn't want to, you know, sit back and relax and enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs because for my money, once again, best playoff tournament in sports and, you know, hopefully we're not deprived of that, but it's got to come not at the risk of, more people being infected by the coronavirus. So, you know, once this virus is under control, then hopefully you can restart the season. And as far as the player's proposal here, I mean, I like it. You know, is it perfect? No, but we're kind of dealing with an imperfect situation here that has been caused by the coronavirus. But hey, you know, it works for me. And I think as long as we ultimately get a Stanley Cup champion, then every option should be on the table. And this one is certainly included in that. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Rangers is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ranger fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Ranger fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked-on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising. 
We look forward to hearing from you. All right, so let's go ahead and dive right in here and talk a little bit about this video, this documentary of the 1994 New York Rangers, who, of course, won the Stanley Cup championship. And once again, if you have not seen this video, you don't have to watch it before listening to this, but I would recommend it. So maybe pause the podcast right now and you can go on YouTube and do a search for it. And once again, the name of the video, if you type this into the YouTube search bar, it will definitely come up. You type in 1994 NYR Stanley Cup video, ABC video. And again, it's only an hour long, so it's not going to take you the rest of your life. That's shorter than any movie that you'll ever watch. And I just think it's a really cool documentary. And once again, it's it's very nostalgic for me because this is a video that, like I said, I have on VHS tape, and I watched it a lot as a kid, you know, in the years that followed the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup. But it's a cool video. We'll, We'll just kind of break it down here and talk a little bit about, you know, the Rangers in the Stanley Cup Finals that season. And the documentary starts, and it starts in a really cool way. You get a picture of the Stanley Cup on one half of the the screen, and it's kind of like rotating in a circle. And on the other half of the screen, you get pictures, interviews from players, you know, talking about what it would mean for them to win the Stanley Cup on both sides. You know, Trevor Linden talked. I believe uh, Glenn Anderson talked for the Rangers. Adam Graves talked for the Rangers. I think Pavel Bore, he was in there talking about what it would mean for him because he was on the Canucks at the time. One thing that really stood out for me here was Adam Graves said it was probably the most difficult trophy to win in all of sports, and there's no probably about it, Adam. You know, it definitely is. It definitely is the hardest championship to win in all of sports because, I mean, look at the NBA. I mean, you know, the NBA, and all respect to any team that's ever won an NBA championship, but you can start an NBA season a lot of years, and you know that realistically there's only four or five teams that have any kind of a chance to win the NBA championship. And then even when the playoffs start, you know, the first round maybe even the second round, they're basically glorified scrimmages. And the teams, the superstar teams, the one and two seeds are just going to mop the floor with their opponents in the first round, maybe even the second round far more often than not. And they're just going to roll and they're just going to cruise to a victory. They can basically sleepwalk their way, sometimes all the way to the conference finals. And it's never like that in hockey. You, I don't care how good your regular season record was. I don't care how much you dominated. If you sleepwalk, at any point in an NHL playoff series, you are in big, big trouble. It's got to be pedal to the metal, all gas, no breaks, every single night. And if you want a recent example of that, just look at the Tampa Bay Lightning last year because they were absolutely fantastic in the regular season, and then it all fell apart in the playoffs, and they got swept. And, you know, you just don't see that happen in basketball. You know, the Golden State Warriors, I know they're not having a great season this year, but in recent years, you know, they could go into the playoffs and basically just, like I said, sleepwalk their way into the second round because they're just that much better than the other team. But in hockey, it's not like that. You know, you got to bring it every single night no matter what your seed is or what your record was in the regular season. So the documentary begins, and we start with a breakdown of the Rangers' trip through the Eastern Conference playoffs as well as the Canucks' trip through the Western Conference playoffs. Both of them took very interesting paths to the Stanley Cup Finals. And if I have one nitpick from this documentary, and again, it's a fantastic documentary. I really enjoyed it. I watched it God only knows how many times as a kid. And if you are unfamiliar with the 1994 Rangers, or maybe you just haven't watched you know, any programs about that team in a long time, it, it's a great documentary for fans new and old alike. But if I have one nitpick, this documentary, and again, it's only an hour long, so I understand, but they did not spend nearly enough time on the Eastern Conference Finals between the Rangers and the Devils, because that series was just an absolute battle from start to finish. And it does, I mean, it talks a little bit about it. You know, the series is tied at two. And then the Devils win Game 5 in the Garden. It goes back to Game 6 in New Jersey. That's when Marc Messier uh, guarantees the victory. And indeed, the Rangers do win that game after falling behind 2-0. And Marc Messier 
ties the game in the third period. He gives the Rangers the lead in the third period, and he scores an empty net goal to complete a natural hat trick and give the Rangers a 4-2 win. And then, of course, it goes to Game 7. They do not show the part where the Devils uh, tie the game, or they don't even mention it, actually. They don't mention the fact that the Devils tied that game with seven seconds remaining to send the game into overtime. And then, of course, it goes to double overtime. And then, of course, we all know what happened after that. Stefan Matteau scores on a wraparound. Rangers go to the Stanley Cup Finals. So they do talk a little bit about this series, but, man, you could have spent uh, significantly more time than just, you know, two or three minutes on what was just an incredible series here. I understand, you know, their focus was obviously on the Stanley Cup Finals for this documentary, but, yeah, I would like to see a little bit more detail about the Eastern Conference Finals there. And then they also show how the Canucks got to the Stanley Cup Finals, and they took just a crazy path because they were a seven-seed didn't really do much in the regular season. Nobody, I don't think, really thought they would do much in the playoffs either. Basically just a 500 team, and they fall behind three games to one in the first round to the Calgary Flames. So their back is against the wall. Game five of that series goes to overtime. The Canucks win. Game six of that series goes to overtime. The Canucks win again. Game seven goes to double overtime, and the Canucks win again to advance. And Kirk McLean in double overtime of game seven made one of the most incredible saves you will ever see. A true season saver. Flames went in on a rush. I believe it was like a three-on-two. And there's a centering pass, and McLean has to move to his right, and he just basically dives like almost like sideways and kicks out his right pad into the air and kicks the puck away. It was just an absolutely fantastic save. And regardless of, you know, he could have made that save in the regular season when his team was down 5-1, to one, and that would have been one of the best saves of the year. And the fact that he did it in the situation that he did, it's, it's one of those saves. Like, if, if the Canucks had won the Stanley Cup, championship that year. I'm glad they didn't. But if they did, you would have seen that, you know, on highlight videos for, for years and years and years to come. And now it's just kind of an NHL footnote. But even so, you know, he, he makes a save in double overtime like that. And it eventually, you know, paves the way for the Canucks winning that game and then making a run to the Stanley Cup finals. The Canucks then go on to beat the Dallas Stars in five games in the second round, and then in the Western Conference Finals, Toronto Maple Leafs still a Western Conference team at that time, and the Canucks beat them in five games as well, including winning game five in double overtime. So both the Rangers and the Canucks win in double overtime to seal their conference championship, and that leads to them meeting in the finals. Game one, kind of a seesaw affair between the Rangers and Canucks. It's at the Garden, and Alex Kovalov scored to open the scoring, just made a ridiculous move around his guy. Kovalov, man, the skills were just off the charts, and I know he was not exactly a Mike Keenan favorite. Mike Keenan, for those of you who may not know, I mean, it, it was a long time ago, so maybe not everybody knows Mike Keenan, but he was the Ranger coach at this time, and he lasted just one year there. He basically, you know, had Neil Smith making a bunch of trades at the trade deadline this that year. If he didn't like a player... I mean, he, he was he was doing everything he could to push them out the door and bring in some of his guys instead. And he just butted heads with basically everybody, you know, players, the front office, and he was out of there after one year, and they won the Stanley Cup. And you just, you definitely do not see that every day. I mean, for any coach, really, to only have the job for one year is pretty rare. I mean, uh, certainly it does happen, but to win the championship of your sport and then be shown the door after one year, that's basically unheard of, and that's what happened with Mike Keenan. But yeah, I mean, he butted heads with a lot of guys. He was not an Alex Kovalov fan at all. And then, you know, this game ends up going into overtime because the Canucks tie the game with exactly one minute remaining. And Mike Richter was fantastic throughout this playoff run, throughout this Stanley Cup Finals. But this shot just got through him. I don't, I don't know how it did. It kind of just went between his left arm and, you know, the side of his body and just trickled into the net. And then Kirk McLean, just absolutely unbelievable in overtime. The Canucks goalie uh, just robbed the Rangers time and time and time again. And if you ever want to, 
just kind of point out how insane the Stanley Cup finals really are, show this to a friend. Show them this sequence. The Rangers, it's it's in overtime, and Brian Leach gets a shot. He's moving in. He rings the shot off the crossbar. The puck bounces so hard off the crossbar that it kind of results indirectly in a rush the other way, and the Canucks go in two-on-one, and Greg Adams scores on a one-timer, and just like that, the Canucks have a one-to-nothing series lead. And uh, Marv Albert was the host of this whole thing. He did all the voiceovers for this entire documentary, and he mentioned that a lot of people in New York were predicting that this would be a short series between the Rangers and Canucks. And as Ranger fans, man, I just feel like we probably all should have known better because nothing ever comes easy for the Rangers. We all know that. For however long you've rooted for this team, it never comes easy. And on top of that, you know, the Canucks, yes, they were a seven seed. Yes, they did not have a great regular season, but they were coming into the Stanley Cup Finals having won 11 out of their last 13 playoff games. And that's impressive no matter who you are, any way you slice it. And so, yeah, I mean, we probably should have seen this coming, that this was going to be an absolute battle from start to finish this entire series. The documentary also shows some kind of cool behind-the-scenes things, you know, the Rangers, you know, preparing for, you know, the games and the hours and minutes leading up to taking the ice, you know, throughout this entire series. But then they also kind of venture into these, like, weird little side stories. Like, they show this thing where these three guys from Vancouver drove the Canuckmobile as they called their car. They basically decorated their car in, like, you know, Canucks logos and, like, you know, decals of the players and everything like that. And that's great and everything, but I don't need to see this. I don't need to see, you know, some artist drawing a portrait of Pavel Bore. I don't need to see three guys traveling from Vancouver to New York in a car. You know, let's let's keep the focus on, on the team here. You know, I, like I said, I would have liked to have seen more of the Eastern Conference Finals. I think the Canuck-Mobile thing could have been cut out of this. But, hey, it is what it is. Like I said, it is a great documentary. I'm just going to nitpick at a couple things along the way here. And then, of course, Game 2, Doug Lidster scores the goals. And there was a funny comment in the comment section on YouTube where somebody said Doug Lidster was a Jerry Seinfeld doppelganger. And, yes, indeed he was. You know, watch this, watch this uh, documentary and tell me that Doug Lidster is not Jerry Seinfeld's twin brother. But yeah, the Rangers go on. They take a 2 to nothing lead on a shorthanded goal by Marc Messier. He, uh, the Rangers were shorthanded, and he goes in hard, but the puck goes you know, beyond the goal line, so he plays it back in front to Glenn Anderson. The two of them were teammates in Edmonton. They had won the Stanley Cup a, a bunch of times there as well. And the Rangers go on to claim a 3-1 to win. Brian Leach cleared the zone. It went right into the empty net with four seconds remaining, and that was that. Just like that, the series is tied at 1, going back to Vancouver. Game three, of course, is back in Vancouver, and on this documentary, they mentioned that this is only the second time the Rangers had been flying to a game in the last two months, which sounds impossible, but then you think about it and you remember, okay, the Rangers played the Islanders in the first round of the playoffs, they then played the Capitals in the second round of the playoffs, and they played the Devils in the Eastern Conference Finals, so chances are the flight must have been to Washington. There's no way you would fly to Long Island, there's no way you would fly to New Jersey, and so, yeah, you know, the Rangers obviously uh, saving a little bit of wear and tear as far as, you know, flying to all these games. Everything was pretty much local. And then you also remember that the Stanley Cup playoffs stretch on for two months. So, yes, this was only the second time in two months that the Rangers had to fly to an away game. Game three is pretty much all Rangers. The Canucks do take an early lead. Pavel Bore scores to make it one nothing, And Bure was just on a whole nother level this year. Uh, he led the league with 60 goals. He also had 47 assists. That is a total of 107 points for the season. Just an absolutely fantastic player. This was him pretty much in his prime. He ended up coming to the Rangers late in his career, but he wasn't there for very long. It would have been amazing to have Pavel Bore in his prime. But uh, yeah, he was clearly the guy uh, leading the charge here for the Canucks in this series and really throughout the playoffs. He scored a lot of really big goals for them along the way. But yeah, after that, it was all Rangers in this game. They score five unanswered goals to close it out. Uh, Brian Leach scores a goal. 
Anderson scores on a deflection. Leach scores again on a rebound. Larmer scores, and then Kovalov scores near the end. A nice move on the doorstep. 5-1 to one Rangers. All Rangers in this one, like we said, we go to Game 4. And the Canucks in this one, they once again take an early lead, and they go up 2 to nothing after the first period. But then the Rangers come storming back. Brian Leach scores his 10th goal of the playoffs to make it 2-1. to one. So, again, Brian Leach coming up clutch in a big spot. His team needs a spark, and he indeed gives it to them. And then there was a sequence here with the Rangers still down 2-1 to one where Mike Richter basically made five consecutive saves. It was just one shot after another, after another, after another, and he turned them all aside. Mike Richter really keeping them in this game. And then one of the biggest moments of this entire series, one of the more iconic Ranger moments really in the team's history is... Again, still 2-1 to one at this point. Vancouver Canucks have the lead, and Pavel Bore is given a penalty shot. And, you know, if you're Mike Richter here, obviously, you know, facing Bore is, is a tough challenge here because Bore, again, was just a phenomenal hockey player at this time. So much just natural ability. But at least here, you know that he's coming. You know that this penalty shot is about to happen. You know you're going to be one-on-one with Pavel Bore, and you know that you've got to try to come up with a stop. you just got to hang with him and make a stop. Whereas, you know, if he gets a breakaway in the middle of a play, it can kind of come out of nowhere, and he's so fast that he's just going to be on you in the blink of an eye. But at least here, you can get yourself prepared, get your mind right, and understand that, you know, hey, it's one-on-one, and I got to come up clutch for my team here, and that's exactly what Mike Richter does. Uh, Bore goes in, he tries to deke him, but Richter kicks out his right pad, makes a great kick save there. And uh, Mike Keenan, the Rangers coach, after the game, called it the biggest stop of Mike Richter's career. And absolutely, because not too long after that, Sergei Zuboff ties the game with 15 seconds left in the second period. And we go to the third period, tied at two goals apiece. Rangers get third period goals from Kovalov and Larmer, and they go on to the 4-2 victory. The documentary shows a series of Rangers being interviewed after this game and talking about, you know, the challenges of trying to close out this series at home. And I think... And Mark Messier talks about this later in the documentary. Brian Leach reveals that Mark Messier had told him after Game 4 that the fourth win in the Stanley Cup Finals, the cup-clinching victory in the Stanley Cup Finals, will be the toughest win you ever have to get in your life. And I can 100% believe that because when a team has gotten as far as the Stanley Cup Finals, they're just going to be that much more difficult to get rid of because you just don't want to let the dream die. And if I could compare this to—because as we all know here— the Canucks, they're down 3-1, to one and they win the next two games, and they send it to Game 7 where the Rangers win the Cup. But if I could compare it to recent history, look at the Rangers the last time they were in the Stanley Cup Finals when they played the Los Angeles Kings. Now, the Kings go up three games to none in that series, and it's looking like it's going to be a laugher, and the Kings are just going to get rid of the Rangers. And the Rangers, they fight back. They win Game 4 by a goal. They hold off a Kings rally near the very end. They keep the puck out of the net. So it's three games to one, and then... Game five back in L.A., the Rangers, it's another dogfight, and it goes into double overtime. It almost gets into triple overtime. So even the Kings, I mean, you look at that and you you think like, oh, well, the Kings won in five games. It wasn't that hard. Yes, it was, because the Kings won three of those games in overtime, and again, they, they could not get rid of the Rangers. They just could not finish them off at the very end, and the same thing happened here because the Rangers just could not get rid of this upstart Canucks team, this team that was just an average NHL hockey team in the regular season, and you know, game five, you're getting these loud, we want the cup chance before the game because it's obviously back in Madison Square Garden. There was an instance early in this game where Esatikinen scored on a slap shot from the blue line, but the goal was immediately waved off because they said it was offside, which it was not. So still scoreless at this point. And then the Canucks, they're up one nothing going into the third period. They make it 3 to nothing. The Rangers come storming back to tie it at 3, and then the Canucks score three unanswered to close the game and win it 6-3. to three. So just an absolutely wild third period there. 
there were eight goals scored in the third period. There was only one goal scored in the first two periods combined, and then you get eight total goals in the third period. And just like that, it's 3-2. to two. Rangers got to go back to Vancouver for game six. And according to this documentary, there were rumors surfacing at the time that Mike Keenan was thinking about accepting a head coaching position with the Detroit Red Wings, which is difficult to believe. I wouldn't say it's impossible because Keenan... Keenan's a little bit of an oddball, you know, a different kind of guy. He does things his way. It's his way or the highway. And as we all know, he certainly butted heads with a lot of people in the Rangers organization. But the idea that a head coach would be in the Stanley Cup finals and thinking about taking a job with another team, that seems a little bit far-fetched. And Keenan addressed those rumors. And he even made a comment that said, he said something like, you know, that's why they haven't been able to win a cup here in 54 years, because this is the kind of nonsense that you constantly have to deal with, you know, playing in New York. And He's not entirely wrong about that. I mean, obviously, you know, sports leagues in general, everybody's always under the microscope, but that's doubly true in New York, I think. And, you know, again, it was just one of those random things that come up and just kind of serves as a distraction. But obviously, the Rangers overcome it. Now, they did lose game six. It was a game where the Canucks got up two to nothing early, but then the Rangers come back and Alex Kovalov scores a goal to make it two to one. They go into the third period with the Canucks still up two to one, and Brian Noonan hit the post for the Rangers. It would have tied the game, but unfortunately, does not go in, and the Canucks go on to a 4-1 to victory. And I'll never forget the banner that was hanging in the, I don't remember the name of the arena, but Vancouver's home arena. It said, it's been 54 years, dot, 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 keep counting. And at that point, you're really starting to wonder about these curses and all those things. You still feel like the Rangers will win Game 7. You still like your chances. And Mark Messier was great after this game. He basically just said, Right now, we're looking at it as we have a chance to go home for a Game 7 and win a Stanley Cup. And what more could you ask for than that? And he's absolutely right. That's absolutely the right mentality to have. It doesn't matter how you got there. I think momentum is kind of an illusion in these spots a lot of the times. And it's one game. It's one game. Who's going to play better hockey for, for 60 minutes at Game 7 in the Garden? And, of course, we go to Game 7. And all the Rangers superstars came up big in this game because who scored the goals? It was Brian Leach that gave them a one nothing lead. He scored from just a ridiculous angle. He was basically parallel to the net when he took this shot, and he, he just sneaks it in there, makes it one to nothing, and then Adam Graves scores three and a half minutes later to make it two to nothing. Messier hit him with a centering pass, and Graves scores from the slot, and then uh, Trevor Linden scores on a breakaway for the Canucks, so it's two to one, and then getting later in the second period, Messier scores on a scramble in front of the net to make it three to one, his 12th goal of the postseason, so that makes it three to one. Trevor Linden scored about midway through the third period to make it three to two. And Mike Richter was just unbelievable in this game. And there was a cool sequence before they started showing the highlights from game seven. Mike Richter's like in the parking lot, I think before a practice, you know, the day before game seven of the finals. And he's signing autographs for a group of people. And he's cool as can be. He's laid back. He's relaxed. There's a police officer who goes up to him to ask for his autograph. And Mike Richter's like, yeah, man, you know, I always get the boys in blue. And then, uh, he also tells the police officer, by the way, that's my car that's double parked out there. And the officer laughs. He just says, I ah, don't worry about it, you know. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's just cool to see, like, a behind-the-scenes footage like that. I think this documentary does a nice job of doing that, kind of giving you a peek behind the curtain, so to speak. And, you know, this this is an old documentary, and not all documentaries gave you the kind of access that this one does. And it's just cool to, you know, see, you know, a guy with a camera, you know, following Mike Richter around in the parking lot and getting cool footage like this. And, you know, yeah, I mean, Mike Richter cools the other side of the pillow. And that obviously came into play in Game 7 here because, again, the Rangers took a 3-2 to two lead and they had to go about 10 minutes without, you know, surrendering a goal to the Canucks. The Canucks had some chances, but Mike Richter just making some insane stops down the stretch. He made just a fantastic glove save against Jeff Cortnall. Jeff Cortnall, he gets the puck 
in kind of the high slot. He receives a pass, and he, he just rips it. And Richter, moving from his right to his left, reaches up with his glove, doesn't actually snag the puck, but gets his glove on it and deflects it, you know, away from the net. So just a brilliant save there by Richter, preserving the lead. And this game had gone to overtime. I mean, how much more could Ranger fans take at this point? Because Game 7, Stanley Cup Finals, overtime, I mean, that's just pure insanity. And, uh, you know, obviously they had already been through hell in the Devils series. And then you've got this series with the Canucks making this great run and, and winning Games 5 and Game 6. And now they're only down by a goal here. If this game went into overtime, man, I, I think some Ranger fans might have dropped dead from, from all the stress. And... uh Obviously, the Rangers held on here, and thank God that they did. And thank God, in general, that the Rangers won this Stanley Cup because I've talked about this on the podcast before, but again, it was 54 years. The Rangers won the Stanley Cup in 1940. They had to wait 54 years for their next cup in 1994, but it's been 26 years since then. So, yeah, 26 plus 54, that's 80 years. If they had not won this game, the Rangers would be in an 80-year Stanley Cup drought, and we are getting dangerously close to Boston Red Sox territory with the 86 years of not winning the World Series. And I don't think any Ranger fan certainly wanted that to happen. One other thing that they did not cover here in this documentary is in the last minute of play here, again, with the Rangers clinging to this 3-2 lead, twice the Rangers were called for icing, and it was not icing. These were just god-awful calls. The first one came with 30 seconds remaining. The second one was with 1.6 seconds remaining. And, you know, obviously that could have made a difference. The one with the 30 seconds was not quite as bad of a call as the one with 1.6 seconds, but it could have been more impactful because 30 seconds left, you know, and you're the Canucks, and if this isn't called icing, then you got to bring the puck, you know, probably back around behind your net, back up through the neutral zone, back into the Ranger zone, try to set something up. But this linesman just gifted them an offensive zone faceoff with 30 seconds remaining, and that's a lot of time. I mean, you got enough, you got a lot of chances there to, you know, put the puck at the net and just see what happens. But either way, the Rangers survived it. They hang on for the 3-2 to victory. And again, the second of those two icing calls was with 1.6 seconds remaining, and the puck dropped, and McTavish won the faceoff, or at least did not allow the Canucks to win the faceoff, and Messier cross-checks Bure. Bure kind of takes a swipe at Messier, but that's it, and Messier is just jumping up and down the ice. You will never see a professional athlete as purely happy as Marc Messier was in this moment here when that clock hit zero. A couple of fun facts I learned after this. Uh, Kevin Lowe, this was his sixth Stanley Cup, obviously his only one with the Rangers, but yeah, six-time Stanley Cup champion Kevin Lowe and Jay Wells, who was on the Rangers, this was his first Stanley Cup in 15 years of hockey. And something I forgot to mention earlier is that Doug Lidster was on this team for the Rangers. He had played the previous 10 seasons with the Vancouver Canucks, so he was dealt in the offseason, and obviously he turns out to be very happy that he was. He gets a Stanley Cup as well, and Brian Leach is the MVP. He was just an absolute human cheat code in this series, in these playoffs, and just well-deserved. They even show a clip of him at his press conference after the Game 7 win where President Clinton calls in and talks to Brian Leach for a little while, so that was pretty cool as well. And then they show footage from the parade three days later. They show a couple different speeches. You know, Mike Keenan was up there, Eddie Olchek was up there, and Mark Messier said something that, you know, that Mike Keenan had told him that if you guys win this, you'll walk together for the rest of your lives. And he said that's absolutely true because I, I already know this because I had already won Stanley Cups in Edmonton. And that continues to be true to this day. You still see the Rangers. You know, they'll honor this team on the ice before games in the regular season or whenever it might be. And they'll they'll have get-togethers and they'll have reunions. And it's, it's just a really cool thing to see that these guys have stuck together all these years later. And the documentary ends on a really cool shot. You just get a still picture of the Rangers on the Madison Square Garden ice 
posing for a team picture with the Stanley Cup. They're, you know, a lot of them are laying down on the ice. Some of them are standing up. They're all holding out the, the index finger. And it's just really cool. You know, it, it's a great documentary. And like I said, if you want to just relive the glory of the Rangers winning the 1994 Stanley Cup championship, then this is a great thing to see. And if you're a little bit of a younger listener, maybe you don't know that much about the 1994 Stanley Cup team. And maybe you've never seen these highlights. It's it's an awesome watch for you as well. So, yeah, I think anybody who is a Ranger fan would certainly enjoy this documentary. I know I nitpicked it a little bit, but it really is fantastic. It takes me back to, you know, watching the Rangers win the Stanley Cup again. I was only seven years old when it happened, and it also just gives me memories of watching this actual documentary as many times as I did. So yeah, it's really well put together. Uh, Go check it out. That's all I can say about it, really. That wraps up this edition of Locked On New York Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL. Have a great day, guys. I'll see you next time.